102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Now that much of our interaction has gone online, how does one harness and create a community, in particular as a solopreneur or entrepreneur? Today, I'm talking with Jill Saltzman, the creator of The Founding Moms, which Forbes rated as a top 100 champion small business influencer and one of the top 10 websites for entrepreneurs. She will share what it takes to build a strong interactive community from ground up and in the real world. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, Jill. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. One of the biggest challenges for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs is building a real community. How do you find your community? Online. Let's start with online. There are so many ways to find community now. Thank God for the internet. I really, truly believe, and it's going to sound quite cliche, in that one-on-one outreach, a lot of people are trying to build community by joining groups and spamming a lot of pages and doing a lot of things that the Internet enables us to do that makes us kind of sort of feel connected. But there's nothing that beats that one-on-one outreach, and that's been throughout history. (laughs) That's the way we all build community all the time. How do you find your tribe, first of all? And then one-on-one takes a long time. One-on-one does take a long time, and I think that's a piece of building a community that folks need to be reminded about. There's a lot of patience that's needed. And I also think that while I could list out practical go-tos of literally how to find the specific people uh, that you're looking for to join your specific tribe, I think what people often forget is that they need to put themselves out there in the way that they want to connect with folks first. Meaning, if you're looking for very, very specific crowds, for example, if you're looking for a crowd of plumbers, if you're looking for a crowd of graphic designers, if you're looking for a crowd of mom entrepreneurs, you need to be putting yourself out there in a way that folks will want to connect with you. And if you're making yourself look different than who you really are, they're not going to be interested. They're going to look the other way. They're not going to want to join your tribe because what you're putting out doesn't resonate with them. Okay, so let's say I'm a solopreneur. I have a service that I can provide to other solopreneurs or entrepreneurs. Where do I start? You're going to start by asking the folks that you already have in your community, and if you don't think about them as a community, it's time to start thinking about them that way. You can reach out to them. You can say to friends, to even to family members, say, hey, I'm interested in selling this thing, this service, this whatever you're selling. And I really want to connect with folks that, that might be interested. Do you know anybody who could connect with me? It's just that simple. And they might suggest somebody. They might say, I don't know anybody. And you just keep going until you start to be introduced to the right people. And I want to remind anybody listening that when you reach out to ask for help, that's one of the scariest things that solopreneurs seem to just not want to do. But it is the thing that's always going to get the best reaction because we always want to help other people out. Always. I think what's interesting is the community that you may tap into may also be the community that you collaborate with, that you learn from. So there's different touch points that that serves different purposes, right? It's not Absolutely. like you're going to sell to this 
particular audience and that's it. So then the question becomes, how do you then create that community where people are going to get to know you, know what you can do, your skills, your expertise. At the same time, you're able to tap into other people's expertise and services and information that they have that may then help you. Yeah, how, how are you doing exactly it? Exactly what you're saying. Yep, and it's it's really again, it's nothing more than remembering the community building is a fancy way of saying having ongoing conversations with people where I'm going to give as much as I'm going to get. You have to listen. You can't walk into a situation and just show off your knowledge, show off what you're selling, and expect that people are going to rush to it and buy from you immediately, even if it's something that they really, really need. They want to get to know you. They want to get to know the business owner. And a lot of that is admitting things that you don't know. That might be the foundation of a way that you connect with somebody who eventually buys from you. If you are vulnerable, you are transparent, you let folks in as much as you want them to let you in. So it's very much a reciprocal situation. It's a very huge ongoing conversation as the business owner. How did you build your community? The founding moms. A lot of patience. A lot of patience. I wish somebody had said that to me long ago, but I started about 10 years ago uh, really wanting to, it was was a very self-serving endeavor. I just wanted to connect with moms who had businesses and babies and were figuring it out better than I was. And so when it was five women who showed up to the first coffee that I invited them to, we all had such a wonderful back and forth. We said, let's do this again. The next time people brought a couple friends, I just kept encouraging folks, bring more people who need this kind of help. I did not ever say, please bring people who will buy what I'm selling. And so it was a very slow, organic growth. And when people realized that I was actually genuinely interested in learning about marketing and branding and sales myself, they were happy to join because they had something to offer and they had something that they could learn. And so that began in 2010. It's actually been 11 years now. And we are thousands and thousands of mom entrepreneurs strong from all over the world because we all have the same questions and we're all learning from each other every day. A lot of the communication and community building has gone online. Are there tools that you recommend in finding your community or in building it? I think the easiest, freest availabilities are to start with the social media platforms that we all know. Because when you join a certain group, you're going to get a sense pretty quickly that it's just not the group for you. They're not the women for you, the men for you, whatever you're joining. Start peeking around in lots of groups. Join 10 on Facebook, 10 on LinkedIn. Check out what's happening in all kinds of apps that are free and available to you. And you will slowly but surely be collecting new friends. You will hopefully move those folks. The goal should be to move them to your inbox and connect with them on a deeper level. And then hopefully you'll eventually start your own mailing list and grow that email list so that you then have a back and forth with them very, very directly. That's an interesting recommendation. So go into other groups, see who and what you're connecting with, and then come back and create your own. Correct. And I don't think that, I mean, the way hearing it back, it sounds like that could be looked at as you're just popping into different groups and stealing from them. But what I mean to say is making those connections and making strong connections will enable you to take it offline out of that group. That's just what we build your own. That's interesting. Let's say then I find different connections in various groups and I can see how that would allow you to build it faster because they have similar interest or some kind of affinity 
And that's why you're going there. And then you then start your own group where you can reach out to them and you can say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And if you're interested, join my group as well. Yes, except the if you're interested part is a really tough one because they're already in a group. Why would they be interested in joining your group? There has to be a standout reason. And what I see a lot out there is that folks are creating, for example, there are a lot of Facebook groups now. People are just creating Facebook groups, plastering all over social media. Here's what my group does. Come join it because you're probably interested. That's not going to attract me as much as you reaching out, getting to know me from my profile more specifically, and much more slowly enticing me with a specific reason more than just, here's my group. This is what I do. Because I'm not, I'm not going to be interested in that. You didn't get to know me. Why am I going to get to know you? So, again, it's a reciprocal back and forth. And, unfortunately, it takes a bit more time that you're then going to cure a much stronger, much more specific group that's going to work out for you and for everyone else. That's an interesting point. A lot of people reach out to me without reading my bio. I'm always asking, have you read my bio before you reached out to me? Because you're right. asking me questions that are reflecting that you haven't read my bio. There's a lot of that. automated systems now that make it easy for me to see, oh, that woman's name is Kelly. She's female. She must want to join my group. It wouldn't work that way in a live room with human beings in your face. So why would it work that way online? What about tools that help you to engage online? Are there any tools that make engagement easier? Because it's very hard to do one-to-one online. It's very hard to do one-to-one. I'm a big fan of templating messages. I'm a big fan of, even if I want to read your profile, Kelly, and put something specific into my message, I'm still going to use a a majority templated message so that my copy and paste skills are exquisite. There's a really, really neat thing. It's not a specific tech. But if you can get all of the folks in your current tribe, to go and shout from the rooftops on your behalf and suggest to their friends that they join you, that recommendation, that word of mouth spreading, even if you facilitate the word of mouth, is going to do far more for you than you paying for ads or going and posting things yourself. And how do you get your tribe to do that? Is it because you're providing a particular value? What is it? You're providing, yeah, you're providing them. You can't just say, hey, Nancy, can you recommend me to your friend? You're going to give to Nancy the reason, the why that her friends should join your tribe. You're going to give her some prepped posts. You're going to give her some prepped tweets. You're going to give her some images. You're going to make it really easy for her. And ask her, maybe she wants to add a little flair, add an extra sentence, add a testimonial. But for the most part, you're going to do all of the work for her and have her just use her outlets to talk about you. What about delivering some kind of underlying value in your interaction? How important is that and what should that look like? So, for example, you're making sure that all the founding mom, the mompreneurs are able to access particular knowledge, right, within your group. Mm -hmm. Correct. Is that something that's important? Like you have to have something of value that you are providing to the group? You know what? I love that question. And I now know I I confuse myself in that because for years, while running the founding mom, I really wanted to attract people who wanted very practical advice to grow in their marketing skills, their branding skills, their sales skills. And so I would constantly say, we offer video courses. We have business coaching. And I go through all of the many offerings we have on foundingmom.com. And I realized if you came to me, Kelly, and said, I have a whole bunch of courses. Do you want to come join the community? You would go, what courses? I don't have time. I don't want to do that. It wouldn't be of interest to you because 
Maybe it's a practical answer, but I'm not getting at the heart of why you really need our community. And the reason we found over time, because I've asked my tribe a million questions, which I also recommend anybody do, is that the one commonality everybody has is they feel like they're building their businesses alone, and they don't want to be alone anymore. And so even if they join us for the education, they come for the community. They come because they don't want to do it themselves anymore because uh, you really you can't build a business alone. So a lot of the messaging needs to be very specific, and you need to make sure you're hitting that pain point. What is the real reason, the fundamental reason I should join your community? And if you haven't figured that out yet, it might be time to go and ask current members of your tribe or potential members who really seem likely to benefit from what you offer to tell you, well, here's really why this is painful and what I really need solved at the heart of it. But it sounds like it really comes down to interaction, even if it's online. Constantly, constantly. And I know it sounds, honestly, that sounds painful for folks, but I think that's the mistake a lot of people make. So there are a ton of technologies out there that enable you to start conversations very quickly, to blanket 500 people in one go. I think it's a big mistake. I think that that's why people are not able to build the communities they want to build. I think you point out there's quality versus quantity engagement. There's a lot of bots and apps that provide a perception of quantity engagement. But how do you get that quality engagement that you're looking to build? At the same time, you want to grow your tribe over time. You do, and I think that if you have a gigantic budget, you are able to go for quantity. If you're a giant corporation with millions of dollars, you can get that quantity going pretty quickly. But if we're talking about solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and small business owners, that should never be the goal because you're never going to win over the folks with big budgets. And I think that the more you can be yourself, the more you can be genuine in what your goal is, the less, for lack of a better word, businessy you can appear, the better off folks will read that you are genuine, that you are who you say you are, and that what you're often you really believe is helpful to me. I'm going to buy into that. I'm going to join your tribe. I'm going to get so much out of it that I'm going to go and find folks to join with me because I love it so much. So you spent a decade building your tribe, the founding moms. Yep. Still building. Still Still building. Okay. So (laughs) what is it about your tribe that keeps it growing and thriving? I think that my members really appreciate that I am just a gal doing things like them. I'm not the overlord who knows everything. I'm not constantly selling to them. I'm really just having conversations every day. Actually, I ask them a lot of questions, not just about what they need, which is very important to me. But I'm asking them about things I need, like, hey, which app are you using for blank? I'm just yet another member of my own tribe, and I'm getting as much out of it as they are. But I still have a leader role where I do lead them to things that we offer because they all benefit. And I think they enjoy the Founding Moms more than a lot of other groups because really I I have not found another organization that's specifically for mom entrepreneurs that's as laid-back, colorful, fun and friendly as we are. I mean, we're very, very loosey-goosey. We just hang and show up to meetings with spit up all over our sweats, or we've got a lot of grandma members who don't want to be in business suits anymore, who left corporate and need to just come hang with a fun crowd. Just want to make sure folks know business doesn't have to be boring. Do you have a lot of Zoom meetings then where people get to meet each other and chit-chat and talk about different topics? Actually, we are, we, we, for the first six years of our business, we were not in existence online. We've only met offline. So we still have 
founding exchanges, which are twice monthly masterminds, in cities all around the, the country. So folks do meet in person. I mean, unless it's it's a pandemic-related thing, then we go virtual. But we have a lot of meetings in person because it's the best way to build a business, to build a tribe, to do all of that. You make a really good point. People still crave that in-person interaction. It oh, does yeah. make a difference. So what would you say about in-person engagement, how to build it from ground up? It's very difficult when you're working on all facets of your business and you really don't have time for this. At the same time, it's, it's really going to help you grow both yourself and your business. So therefore, yeah, you have to do I- it in a way that's, you know, that's going to work for you in a way that's not like you're just jumping from networking event to networking event. Yeah. I would share this giant secret with folks because the way you just framed the question was interesting where you said that people just don't have time for it. You will not have uh, as much success building your business online nearly as much as you will if you meet in person offline. So if you view going out to meetings as a waste of time or as quote unquote just networking, you're not doing it right. You have to go and meet folks in person, sit down with them, get to know them, it is incredible how much juice is made at an actual live meeting. 90% of interaction is nonverbal. So you're missing out a lot when you're doing things online, particularly if you're not doing anything via Zoom or another virtual screen. I can't express enough how important meeting face-to-face is. And if that's not part of your routine, I find that a lot of people use the same excuses they use when they don't make it to the gym. Health is first, always. We should all take care of ourselves. But I don't have time to go to the gym. I can't find the time. My schedule's too busy. Same with meeting people in person. There are tons of opportunities. If you want to start an event in person, you might not have 20 people show up to your first meeting. But that's okay. If you can connect with one person in person, it's going to go way farther for you than 20 people meeting with you online in a chat room. What's the best way to go about doing that in person? In my sense, if you're wanting to build your own tribe, is that you should go onto any platform like meetup.com, uh, Eventbrite, create your own. Just invite folks, create a link to your meeting, promote it like crazy on the socials, ask your tribe to promote it on the socials. You might get three people to show up the first time, and then you have to encourage them at that meeting. So everybody go and bring three friends to the next one, and it'll grow organically that way. I think people's biggest fear is that no one will show up. Correct. Absolutely, and that's what stops a lot of people from doing this. And we've had leaders come in to run founding exchanges, and after three meetings, they want to quit because not enough people met their expectations. To them, I say, again, It's where we began with this conversation, Kelly. It's all about patience. If you have patience, people take some time to trust. It takes some time to grow it. I promise you it will happen. And it won't take you 10 years like it did me. Because there are so many tools now online. I mean, Facebook wasn't even what it was 10 years ago like it is now. Interesting. So you recommend using Meetup, which has its own group. So perhaps you can find one. If not, create your own. Correct. And then publicize it on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on different outlets that and are frankly, tied back you, to you. If you live near a co-working space or a coffee shop, you don't need any of those sites. Just post where you're going to be. Just make a Facebook post. Post it, share it, make an event, and be there. And be there regularly. Consistency is really important as well. Ooh, I like that idea. A coffee group in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, it's really so simple. And people forget because we're so knee-deep in all of this online noise. Step away for a minute. Connect with folks in the real world. 
It's interesting that you point that out because I think most people feel that they need to be on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I'm not saying you don't. I just think that you're doing 20 times the work you need to do. And if you really are interested in a true tribe and not just cold calling and selling 24-7, you can post on Instagram from time to time, but that's going to do nothing compared to a meeting with two people. It truly, it sounds backwards, but it, it really is true. To engage with that two people, what you're saying is try to figure out a way to do it locally. It's even better if you put the announcement out locally, somewhere where people will respond. Absolutely. And there are so many that I'm struggling to even come up with, with one or two places. We all know places to go post things. So you just, there's a Nextdoor app. There's meetup.com. There's all of the social media outlets we know. There's event, but there's just so many. Easy for you to post where you're going to be and when. You need to give folks a reason to show up. If you don't need to charge, I don't recommend it at the very beginning so folks can get to know you. For the first three years of the Founding Moms, we charged nothing for folks to join our meetings so that they would grow to trust the brand, they would grow to trust me, and they would show up regularly, and they did. And do you charge now? Oh, we sure do. (laughs) We do, but we're actually so different now. Back then, we were just a coffee meeting, a little local coffee shop in lots of cities. We're now a twice-monthly mastermind. We have leaders running them in different cities. It's much more formal now, and you get a membership to our online platform with so many resources. So now we charge 50 bucks a month for all of it, which is still quite a steal, but we've come a long way. Yeah, and start off with a coffee group. There you go. Right. Literally. Yep. That's exciting. Okay. So wrapping up, your top five best practices for building a strong interactive community. Number one would be that you know you need to have patience as you build this, because if you forget number one, all of the rest of it is going to fail, or that's how it's going to feel. Number two is that you have to make sure you stay you and you don't go off and publicize a fake version of your business self that nobody wants to connect with. Number three, you need to be really, really clear about your message. I need to know why I should come to your group versus a different group. I pause here because a lot of people think they know, but they don't really know. What makes them so different that it's going to actually attract folks to their group? Number four, you're not going to be shy. You have to get really, really good at repeating yourself and constantly inviting people to join you, not feeling shameful that you're being too annoying or irritating. You're just a persistent business owner who's looking to invite folks and you really want them to join you. And the fifth, just stay in touch with those members. Be on the lookout for what they need. Constantly be serving them not yourself. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing your experience and joining me on Spark Today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I could clearly talk about this all day.